0: Play this? Uh because you wish you were on Fire Island? No. <laughs> I pines. don't wish I was on Fire
1: You know why? Because our guest that we have today was born the same year this song was out. <laughs> it was the number one song in November of 1987. Wow. Yeah. Let's let it play just a little bit. Wow. Here it goes. Now it's a...
0: right. You picture Patrick Swayze, a little Jennifer Gray. I just think of those two, the, the Jennifer Gray's parents uh, like going, oh, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Or, yeah. Jerry right. Orbach and yeah. whatever her oh, yeah. name Jerry was. Jerry Orbach. Yeah. That was the yeah. Scott, Scott doing you can turn the, it down. The, the, the
1: corny dancing. But that yeah. was the number one. So I, that was the year I graduated uh, high school. You graduated 86. Thanks for reminding me. I graduated 87. Yeah. Right. You're 52 mm-hmm. years old. Just yeah, so In case people didn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's a list of uh, let's just run down the list of what the top movies were. In 1987, okay. the year I graduated high school, yeah. the year our guest was born into this lovely world. Number one that year was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Remember that one? Yeah. Scott, remember yep. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Platoon was number two. Oh, wow. wow. A great yeah. movie. Fatal Attraction. That was a good one. <sighs> Yeah, yeah douglas
0: and close naughty right yeah, yeah. The,
1: the bunny being boiled oh, on the yeah. stove that was woman yeah. scorned that's what that was yeah i won't be ignored no, I won't, yeah i
0: will not be ignored and then the uh untouchables remember that Kevin, oh yeah of course Constant, a lot oh, of talk with a badge. oh yeah. that went oh with De Niro with the baseball bat yeah that was the best when he's talking about baseball and he yes. just and yeah clubbed him in the head yep. yep.
1: three men and a baby that was another good one oh, with yeah. the ghost Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. You probably don't yeah, remember that I one.
0: Do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, That's I what remember. that was from. That was the original. Brantley. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Brantley. Brantley. Yeah. Then uh, I don't know if you remember this one. Scott might stake out with Richard Dry. Oh, of yeah. course I do. And, I and Emilio know Estevez. You don't have to yell at me. Yeah, I'm right yeah. here. All right. All right. Um, I do remember that. Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. Right. Number wow. 10. <laughs> I mean, no. Well, in yeah. Danny Glover. But yeah. Yeah. He's a little. Yeah. And great. then Predator. Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, so I that was your top ten. Number eleven, squeaking in at number eleven, Dirty Dancing. That's wow. Working. Yep. The, so little, Predator the little movie that could. Out. Yeah, Predator beat out Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I know, but yeah, go ahead. You know, that, that, that's 1987. That was 1987 in a nutshell. Introduce your guest.
0: Definitely, definitely. Who was born in 1987? I'm very old. Thank you. Know you're you're really really harping on that. I know. Today. I'm sorry. That's great. Okay. Great way to start. No, I'm uh, I'm very <laughs> excited. And we are so lucky that she had the time to do this today. Uh, Baltimore-born, Texas-raised, fitness enthusiast, um, award-winning anchor of Good Day Rochester. Chris, awards? Yes, wow. awards, including okay. three Emmy nominations, which we'll get to. <gasps> Good right. Day Rochester news anchor, Chris Betts. Yay! Welcome.
2: Thanks, guys. I knew at least six of those movies did you you?
1: did that's
0: good
2: six yeah good but you saw them later
0: you didn't see them in 87. no no did your parents like show them to you like (laughs) oh you're gonna love this honey it's gonna be great (laughs) this one you gotta watch platoon
2: they always (laughs) they showed us the good stuff early on there was no censorship in in the Firth house when I was growing up so we saw The Exorcist when I was about 10. oh really yeah my dad was mad that we weren't scared he was like
1: you weren't scared you guys aren't scared I'm like oh my no. gosh yeah. this is an yeah. early sign of my that movie messed me up for years scott was messed up. i was messed up that was a when her head spun no didn't you laughed nothing this explains your heavy metal love yes yeah okay yeah
2: not right. much phases me it can't no. in this business yeah you know
1: you, Oh no!
0: you got to have I a skin. really can't see yeah
2: <laughs> can't be bothered by much because you see and no. hear
0: everything yep. yeah yeah so Texas raised. When did you get? When did you get to Texas? So I know you were born in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, born in Baltimore, yep. uh, raised right outside Philly up until I was seven, and then okay. uh, moved to Texas and really lived all over North and Central Texas, East Texas. Unfortunately, back up way north Texas to something called Texoma, which is Texoma. Yep, yeah, Texoma. Yep. Lived in the Arklatex. Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas. Yeah. Moved a lot for work. And um, my dad brought us there for his job and then just stayed in Texas. Did a lot of Texas stuff.
0: So you consider yourself a Texan?
2: You know, it's funny because when I was in Texas, it always was sort of an identity of mine to be an East Coaster at heart because my mom and dad are both born and raised on the East Coast. So I would tell people like, no, I'm not from Texas. But then now having left Texas, I feel like I I even carry a bag around that says Texas on it. Like, what's with the... (laughs)
1: You, you identify, know, it's like an identity that's crisis. That's what you identify yes. as. That's fine. Yeah, you don't yeah. know what
2: you've got till it's gone. Right. Um, which there are a lot of things I don't miss, but, sure. uh, and, and I'm so happy to be here. It does feel a little bit more like being back to my roots. Right.
0: right. <laughs> no, no. I, listen, I hear you. It's like we go, we we live, and we live in some of these cities, but the yeah. cities change. And, and as we get older and start families or just, you know, evolve in different ways, right. I think cities take on a different You know connotation for us, they become a little more difficult to do things, and there's certain things. Yeah, there you go. So (laughs) annoying.
2: Everybody (laughs) is moving to Austin, Texas, right now. I've seen it. You hate that. Joe Rogan moved to Austin, Texas. Oh, geez. That's so annoying. That guy from Dawson's Creek moved to the main guy from Dawson's Creek. Really? I don't know his name. That was a little bit before. James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek just moved to out Wimberley, which is right outside Mm. of Austin. And uh, every time they post these, po- you know, these like influencers and oh. podcasters and actresses and actors that move there, like, oh my god, it's like I just discovered Austin, you guys. Yeah. This is this is and you're great. Like, little get place. out of my city. Stop it. Yeah. Right yeah. now and when that, I moved it, there, there were like five hundred thousand people and I think there are over two million. Well at the last tech check. the
0: tech companies Ooh. moved in and we're gonna touch on that. Yes. Yes, because I wanna of, hear a little mm-hmm. more. I, I come from a tech background, so I wanna hear Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. expose. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I know the tech has really moved into Austin and honestly, <laughs> they might do a lot of good in the world and make things more convenient, but it is from an, what they do to economies. Oof. For some, it's fantastic. It's but, great, but... But for most, I think it gets a little more difficult and expensive and it's yes.
2: tough. Yes, so they are 25-year-olds they are everywhere yeah. with Peter Pan syndrome, mm. which which is great if you're dating, you know? It's yeah. great that there are an, an infinite number of single men and an infinite number of single women, right? Nobody right. commits, so I hear that a lot as a complaint. When you get a little older and you're ready to commit, forget it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of 20-something-year-olds making six figures buying really expensive condos downtown and riding bikes. Mm. So they don't need parking. So forget about parking. The city's like, sure, you don't need parking. We'll get rid of parking. It's fine. We don't need parking. We don't have public transportation, but we also don't need parking. You can ride your bike. Wow. It'll be fine. It's 120 degrees six months out of the year. You'll be great.
0: You'll be great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) They love live music. So they inundate the city for ACL and South by Southwest, which we used to feel like as Austinites, like that's our little, that's our little music festival, right? Like Chicago people, Bonnaroo's, like their little music yeah. festival, not anymore. Yeah. It's <laughs> wow. over. No. And so it's a, forget about it. It's a nightmare. And then if you live outside the city because you can't afford a million dollar condo that's the size of your closet, yeah. then you don't enjoy the things that you used to when you lived, you know, back in the days when Leslie was a famous homeless person, transgender, transvestite, homeless person in Austin. Yeah. And we we named him the honorary mayor of Austin. Got yeah. it. let just try you know, around on a bike in a thong. Yep. And that was Austin. Like you. Yeah. 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 Those were the good old yeah, days. Yeah, get
0: ready, Rochester, this spring. Yeah. <laughs> mayor George. Coming yeah, at ya. you. Peddling around <laughs> yeah, in his, his thong, thong. You have my vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, so correct me if I'm wrong, 10 years old. You always knew you were going to get into into broadcasting, and um, but 10 years old kind of solidified it for you, or?
2: So I was 13. No, 13. I'm sorry, I sorry. was fif- 15, I think, okay. when the towers fell. Right. 15. But I was 10 when I was reporting live from the Twin Towers. You're right, George. That's George, right. You're so smart. You um, <laughs> did your research. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm just getting older and I've forgotten my own past. Um, so I was 10 when I was uh, my parents have video of me recording live from the top of the Twin Towers. My uncle was a sergeant at NYPD. So he used to take us and do like the backdoor tour of New York anytime we were in town. And, um, and he's my godfather. And so.
0: God, I could have used him back then.
2: I, right. I oh, yeah. yeah, wish I had you known you then. He <laughs> knew where the good parking was in New York yeah. City. We always got the good spot. Um, and so we have this video of me recording, reporting live from the top of the Twin Towers giving a weather report. It's dark outside. A weather report. A weather okay. report. I'm like, it's partly cloudy and uh, there's some sun. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I mean, there was. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Ill-fated to begin with. So not meteorology. But I did uh, decide to do news after watching the Twin Towers. Then fall at fifteen. Right. Everyone was glued to their TVs. And I remember thinking when things hit the fan, yeah. this is the first thing that people look toward. And just seeing the impact that news had then meant a lot. So I always kind of felt like I would maybe eventually make my way back to New York because of that. Sure. But uh and when I got this job, I really did think it was like New York mm-hmm. City.
0: <laughs> what, Rochester? Yes. Oh.
2: Well, I was like, well, that's near New York city, right? Like this is close. This is close to New York city. And, uh, I Googled the airport and I was like, oh no, it would be closer to fly into Toronto than it is to fly into New York city. But I am happy to be here. But yeah, I feel like it was kind of faded for me to be here
0: doing news. For sure. So after that, so then at 15, you saw, uh, you know, that unfold and that kind of struck you like, so what, did you take certain steps to ensure that you were going to what steps did you take to ensure you're going to get into this field?
2: Yeah, so starting pretty early on, I was editor in chief of the newspaper. I okay. loved taking people's pictures and writing mm. the art. I liked controlling the content, which was very powerful okay. in, in yes. high school. Yeah, and uh, people treat you nicer if they know you can pick a nicer picture of them to put in the picture oh, in nice. the paper. Yes. So did that, and then um, went to Baylor University, which uh, you know, home of Go Bears. Go Bears, uh, Brittany Griner, RG three.
0: Uh,
1: Chip. Uh, Something the, or else. I don't know. Chip and, and oh, Chip and Joanna. George oh, likes that's some. right. They
2: did go to Chip. They, they did. did. go to Baylor University. Yeah. Yeah, My did. best friend's yeah. parents all work for them. George actually. likes their
1: line of stuff that they have at Target. I'm a big fan. It, it
2: is quite nice. It
1: really is. It
2: yeah. Really is. Kind yeah. of into the McGee collection now, though, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a Netflix show. I'll, t- I'll tell you about that. Oh, it yeah. It <laughs> tell me
0: about that later. <laughs> yeah. that, that it's one like I an elevated Chip and
2: Joanna. But they yeah, Waco was interesting. But I loved Baylor. And so I started at Baylor and I did an internship at the local station there and then um transferred to university of texas at austin to do an internship at the cbs affiliate there which uh, i was doing football and sports that was really fun because i thought oh i want to maybe do sports something fun wasn't sure how committed i was to serious news yet and uh did sports for a while and i was like you know i don't like any other sport but football Mm. and there are a lot of other sports you have to cover when you do news year round (laughs) so unfortunately the football thing didn't work out but it was great because my first job was in sports. And it was um in two thousand and nine when the economy crashed, and no one was right. hiring for anything. So they said, Well', let you do sports. This was in Texoma, but um, you have to produce overnights. So I'd come in at eleven in the eleven at night to do the morning show.
0: Oh, wow, And
2: that was brutal. Ugh. So I did that for for six months. Then one morning, my anchor slept in and didn't show up. So we're an hour out before the newscast. And my producers looking at me or my director is like, you need to figure something out. And it was cue just me the, in the building.
0: Uh, cue the All About Eve Ooh. music. So
2: here we come.
0: <laughs> we go. That was my debut yeah.
2: <laughs> on the air in Texoma. And it was yeah. awful. Yeah. I had it saved and it was so bad. I didn't even want to look back on it in 10 years to laugh. I was like, burn it. Like, wow. it is bad. And this was back when we had to burn things onto tapes, like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. cut and paste onto tape. um Because these days they just don't know. No. So uh, we. Uh, we did that, and I produced an anchor to show. I think I had sweatpants on the bottom and borrowed like a, a jacket somebody had left in there because I didn't bring clothes, expecting to be on TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: hadn't showered, and I don't know. It was bad. I think I blacked out the whole time, but I did it. And uh, after about a year of doing that, I got a job in East Texas doing that news, and then I worked in Austin for a really long time, and then decided I needed to change.
0: Right, and in Austin, that's where you had one of your biggest stories. I, I, At the time, yeah, there were a lot of stories. But I was going to say the big there's which <laughs> of. No, but there's no the A the AP award story. I want to start with first oh, yeah. the AP award story for the man in the tree oh, during gosh. the storm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, that one went international. I remember that, that was huge. Do you really? I do. I, rem- wow. I remember. So seeing that footage. Yes. I didn't know it was you, but yes. Yeah. 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 So which
0: storm was it? And then it was the
2: Memorial Day floods, I
0: think, or
2: maybe it was October. No, I'm sorry, it was the Halloween floods. We had so many 100 year historic floods, which (laughs) says a lot about the climate right now. But um, so we had uh, Halloween floods, 2015. Yeah, and this guy was uh, a tech job and was on his way to work one morning and went to drive over a low water crossing. You guys don't have this here, but we have a lot of these low water crossings that flood very easily anytime it rains, a lot of creeks. And um, it, it picked up his car and he floated off and he had no idea. All he had was his cell phone. Oh my God. And he calls his wife from the car and he's floating down the river and in this little creek that is normally dry. And he calls his wife and the current's sweeping his car away and it's filling quickly. And he calls his wife and she's like, well, you know, are you OK? And he's like, well, I'm going to climb out and see what I can do, but I'm going to stay on the line or call you back. So we had this working phone, which is a miracle that he grabbed it and pretty much stayed on the line with his wife getting out of the car. And then he like shimmied up a tree where the water couldn't get to him so he could stay dry. The car floated away. Yeah. Um. And so he was still up in this tree and he must have been up there for several hours before she called us at the station. <laughs> because no one was getting to him we had so many rescues going on and she knew he was safe but he wasn't going to be able to stay up there forever and he was running low on battery so he was in a, a kind of a wooded area in south austin and so our anchors they they plugged you know we're on the air and the wife calls in and the producer's like well let me just Put you through to the air, you know. So without any preparation for the anchors, um, let them know that this man was on the line. And I think they thought it was the wife who was on the line to tell them, like, my husband's stuck in a tree. They can't get to him. No one can find him. And sure enough, it was him. And he's just calmly. And that's the thing that went viral, right? He's calmly discussing. And they it They kind of glaze over it like, oh, you know, where are you right now? And he's like, well, I'm in this tree and my car kind of floated away and I can see everything, but um, no one's out here. And and they're like, "Okay, well, well, what else do you see? And then you see the other anchors like, wait, hold up. Did you just say that you're still in the tree? And and that's the moment, right? That went viral. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you OK? And it's incredible for hours. This guy stayed up in this tree and they could not find him. We could see the helicopters all over the place, but they could not find him. And then they had another rescue they had to go to. So they were on the phone with this guy and they're like, are you OK for us to come back? Like We <laughs> like can't guess. find you. We'll see you later. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> yeah. BRB.
1: Yeah. And Be in right the meantime,
2: back. I had it in my mind that I was going to find this guy. I was so determined to find this guy and that was back when we used Periscope which is kind of before I any of these yeah. services yep. yeah. yeah so I was on Periscope this whole time I wish I still had it but you know I think that app died a long time ago and um, I was just shoulder high in this water which my mom later on was like Kristen you could have there are snakes in there and just toilet water toilet and water. <laughs> disease and ant piles. Fire ant piles are really bad in Texas. Yeah. If you know, Oof, if you know, you know. And um, I did not care. I did live shots from that creek. I was in that water. And the thing was, I kind of could tell where he was because of where he was describing. But we still couldn't pinpoint him. And eventually I could hear him from the trees. And it was just me and my photographer who was just as crazy as I was. (laughs) I was like, he's carrying this 40-pound tripod and probably a 30-pound camera, and I'm holding it up, you know, above our heads so it doesn't get completely soaked. And we are in the water this whole time trying to find this guy and kept going around different ways and et cetera, et cetera. Well, finally, I could hear him enough that I was able to direct the helicopter where to go. And later on, the Starfly guys were like, we knew where you where he was because you were like pointing at him. And they ended up they lowered the ladder or the basket and they got him in there and they pulled him up and they took him away. And. That was the end of it. And then you
0: guys had to slog all the way back.
2: And then I had to go <laughs> back because I'm like, oh, like, I'm still here. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like
0: you could get a lift. <laughs>
2: no, and then I needed to interview him, right? right? And so I'm like, well, can you just don't leave anywhere. I know you've been stuck in a tree well, all day and you're probably hungry. With all like, that,
0: right? And you don't want anybody else to get exactly. the story and be like, oh, here he comes. Yeah, here yeah, yeah, he right, comes to right. NBC.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. come on now. Yep. <laughs> so oh, I wow. ended up getting it and he was... Really great. He was so calm. Yeah. I mean, this guy stayed, and he like had some international people. I still get phone calls randomly from like Australia survivor, and they're like, "Can you tell us about your experience with this?" I'm like, it's so weird. Yeah. Wow. But um, that was one of many. I was the first person to just throw myself. I remember scraping horse brains off the side of a highway mm. in Oklahoma to help out the sheriff's step because it shut down the highway, and these like good old boys were like, "Well, if you want to help, we'll talk to you later on camera." Which So I was like, well, I mean, if that's the only way you're going to talk to me, I, I guess I can help because this horse had just like exploded all over the side of the highway. Oh. Here I am in a dress and heels helping uh, these guys.
1: With brains.
2: With brains. And wow. I got the interview. So that's what mattered. But there were so many things I look back on and I'm like, what was I thinking? I mean, in hurricanes and tornadoes. You were getting the
1: story. You were getting the
2: scoop. Getting the, the scoop. But I loved it. I'm yeah. not going to pretend like it was wow. hard because I loved it and I and lived you won for an every award. second of it. You
0: got an award out yeah. of it. I
2: mean, that's the most important,
0: yeah. the most important <laughs> right. thing. Well, <laughs> after award. all that, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, also, he was alive afterwards. So that's <laughs> yeah. exciting. Right. Which Yes. Yeah. That's That's the a that, little side the bonus. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Um. So, there was an award for that, but then you also had some Emmy nominations. You had three of them. Mm-hmm. And in particular, one was on a story. Now, I, I've been in tech for like 15 years. Yeah. So, with the tech industry down there,
2: is there, yeah, yeah. I'd love
0: to hear a little more about that, that investigative story you did.
2: Yeah, so we um, have such a, a blooming tech industry, but yeah. I think it's a lot of young people mm-hmm. and it's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs. So there's so many startups. It's such a startup-friendly city, which right. is why so many people move to Austin from other cities or states. And when you have these blooming tech companies that are not these big corporate overheads. I think a lot of times things get said and get you know, you have a bunch of young people in a room working together, usually in small circumstances, and things can happen. There's not necessarily a a lot of HR involved, a lot of uh, regulation and oversight. So we kept hearing from certain people and certain women in tech that the sexual harassment that was going on in these industries was so dominant and no one was talking about it. And the other thing that was happening was there's such a competition for jobs that women felt like they couldn't speak up. And oftentimes they were the only woman in the business. So we saw that more and more there were more females in positions in tech jobs, which was good. But it was right around the Me Too movement. And we were starting to get emails and comments here and there, like, you guys should really look into the tech industry and see what's going on in Austin, because it's happening here. You know, you hear it's on the, it's not the, the casting couches in Hollywood right. or whatnot. Matt Lauer. It's not just the Today Show, right? <laughs> yeah. It is happening at these jobs where you know, it's young, smart, usually pretty attractive people sure. and uh, are working around each other. In these, and so I had a really hard time. I ended up... Um, I'm a mom. And so I went on to like an Austin mom's page because no one was willing to talk. I was going to say, how "How do you find these women? How do you get in? Mm -hmm. Right. That's always a big question I get a lot from like interns and from young reporters. Like, where do you find these people to interview? First of all, you get 400 rejections before you get a yes. So you get really used to people saying no to you. Um but you just keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. And so I went on to a mom group and I said, Hey, I'm a reporter with the the ABC station here in Austin. I'm doing this story. I know a lot of you I think it was like a working moms page too. It had thousands of women on it. And I said, A lot of people inevitably are probably in the tech business. Can anyone talk? And either someone contact me. Directly like through a DM and a message Mm -hmm. or had a friend that would call me not a lot of people on there wanted to say yes Me I work at this place because a lot of these women still worked at these jobs and Were worried so we had to use a lot of techniques on the cameras to make sure we didn't show their faces We had to disguise voices in some cases, which I've done before for like victim stories and whatnot Um, But they were so afraid but they were very candid about sharing their experiences and then we kind of went out into the streets and Asked people what they thought about sexual harassment right now in the Me Too movement and specifically in Austin, such a dominant industry. And it was really interesting hearing the responses. And a lot of times these women did end up going to management and getting fired or blacklisted because it is kind of a small city still. And a lot of these people know each other. And if you are the whistleblower, then you're kind of blacklisted from your job. So I was a little surprised that the story won an Emmy because as far as TV goes, it wasn't like the most Creative storytelling, which is kind of how inner workings of TV work. Like the Emmys are usually the the really fun, like or sad stories that make you cry, or every video. And we didn't really have any of that. I had women sitting in like dark shadows in the corner, right? Right. So we had to kind of get creative. Voices. Yes, that always. That's real award winning stuff, right there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Star Wars. But uh, I think the subject, because we were able to get women that had such hard experiences and they were so open about it because they knew they had the anonymity that we had promised them they had no problem holding back and describing and we had to verify through other colleagues that they had made these complaints and they actually were so you have to do the research too right can't just make these allegations and then let them on tv so all the work we did ended up garnering an emmy award which was very or emmy nomination which is exciting but i've yet to get an award what so i'm hoping this year is my is my final i feel like leonardo just like constantly nominated, never yeah. a winner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but what are you going to, recovering in Rochester? What, there's nothing, no big scoops here. Well, I
2: have nominated right now for one I did on Rodney Reed. Who, oh yeah,
1: we saw that yep. one. That mm-hmm. yep. So I'm Amazing. nominated I currently,
2: I just found out about, I guess a month and a half ago about that's that great. one. Okay. Yeah. So that one's what I was working with 2020 on most recently. Yeah, yeah that's um, cool. Yeah, they were supposed to come up here to interview me and I think with COVID things got changed, but I did work on research behind the scenes, which was exciting. And, um, Deborah Roberts is doing the Rodney yep. Reed piece I heard for the fall sweeps, so we'll see that coming soon. But, um, anyways, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll win, maybe not. And I've just kind of learned that. You know, I always tell myself, "Well, the awards don't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter." It's They're a nice just,
0: little pat on the but back. it's a little. It'd be yeah. nice yeah. to
2: say Emmy winning instead of like, Emmy right. award winning. Yeah, it's right. not even about right. It's
0: not about the stature or anything for me. It's always been about like you know you the the award represents to me a legacy, right? You're leaving a legacy behind. Right. It's like, this is, you're getting the award because the story that you told and the way you framed it and investigated it and brought people forward and yeah. and you you created a thought provoking conversation. It, it had an impact on people. Mm-hmm. And that's the legacy you want to leave. You know, yeah. you can't take the awards or anything with you when you go. Yeah, but you can leave a legacy behind. And so, it
2: definitely matters in local TV news. One hundred percent, especially in in Texas, my market Austin is up against Dallas and Houston. We're all in the same pool, and you're talking about two of the biggest markets in the country yeah. with some of the top journalists in the country. We're all competing. So in my in every category that I get nominated in, I'm up against a Dallas or a Houston reporter. But,
0: Right, so. but slow and steady wins the race too. Because you don't want you, you, you don't want to have a no. I don't think you're slow. <laughs> I just think you don't want to also be one of those people that's like with the BS stories and then it gets disproved. Right, you know, right. You know, you don't. Yeah. You know, better better to take a little bit longer and get the award than to take a risk and get humiliated or yeah. you know. Oof.
2: Yeah. yeah I don't want to make stuff up to be salacious no, no, no. You and, know? and
0: you're, and and you're working hard and I wish more leaders and I, our listeners should listen to this. If you're a leader, I wish more leaders would take a page out of a reporter's book of mm-hmm. how to speak to people and how to get people to open up because sometimes it could seem invasive, but with, with a topic such as harassment, um, if more leaders actually acted like you did and did some work and talked yeah. to people and, and got people to open up and be, you know, you, you not only came across as genuine, you were very authentic. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh. And then one person says, wow, geez, I spoke to, you know, Chris Betts and he was like, maybe you should too. And, yeah. uh, and more people, more leaders I think in, in these big companies regardless of the industry did that, I think they'd be better off with their employees.
2: I think just getting getting trust from people knowing you're gonna be fair. That was even with the Rodney Reed story. So the victim's family had never spoken on camera. And if they had made statements, it had been decades since they had done it because the murder had happened in the 90s. So um, off the top of the story, you'll see the sister of the victim Saying, I asked her, "Why did you decide to come here today?" Right. She said, "Because you promised to tell the truth." And it was funny because Dr. Phil had covered it a few weeks before me, and it came out, and it was just so one-sided. And it's really I, I, hard and painful. I mean, Dr. Phil's not a journalist. People,
0: take he's not even him a doctor. Back, well. <laughs>
2: They take <laughs> this word as gold. because <laughs> okay. And then you've got Oprah and Beyonce and all these people throwing money at it because of this Dr. Phil story. But uh, it's hard for these victims' families because mm-hmm. they feel like their voices aren't heard. And same with any victim in any story. They're, and even sometimes the accused doesn't feel like they're being heard. So my skill in life, and I really feel like it's just one good skill, yep. if I had to narrow it down, is just being able to let people feel comfortable with me um, to talk. And, and that's and the key. I like to listen. Yep.
1: No, yep. that's the key. Um, so that, that story, where's that story stand now with Rodney Reed? He's still
2: on death row and they had, I was supposed to cover his execution right after the story aired and they did a stay at the last minute with all the push and the public pressure, but the judge still keeps shutting it down. Every time you look at the evidence, that's the thing. Then that case gets shut back down. And I Mm -hmm. think it's pretty clear what's, you know, there's no shadow of a doubt to me of the guilt, but they really, mm, yeah. Yeah. So they are going to, I think, set another date eventually. Yeah. But it, these things take so long; it's so ridiculous. You know, I, how long I, I, these things drag
0: out. Yeah, I got to tell you, I do admire how you. Because I, I, I watch the YouTube. Um, I watch on YouTube, and um, I got to tell you, I admire how there's no you, you. don't leak, give away an inch of how you feel. Right. You know? It's all about, probably I mean, shouldn't have said. That.
1: No, <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I, I
0: think it's great that you did. Now it's different. We're all talking, but right. But but you know, because it's been out there already, so it's right. fine in the moment you, right there, there's i mean yeah. talk about it fantastic i mean she'd be a millionaire just playing poker i mean it was it was amazing because Can i was I do watching that? i'm like this is like fair this is like right the, i you want know, to there's trust it on both sides and here like here's right.
2: everything now you decide which is just so kind of frustrating about watching news now because i feel like for for ratings and headlines they want people to get Either like on board or mad at whatever someone's saying. And so, even the networks now, I noticed a lot in the coverage of the election, everything just became so leading. And my journalistic instincts sometimes were very much like, ooh. And I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying the wording we used became, and it became like a war. (laughs) And I thought, that's not really what I got into journalism to do, was to be, like, force people to pick one side or the other. I like to present the evidence and what I've learned and then let you make the decision. And sometimes there's very clear right and wrong. But a lot of times... I don't think there's yeah clear you're right and wrong. No, it depends no, on who isn't. you're talking to. Right. What's right and wrong.
0: You're not trying. You're not trying to tell people what to do. Yeah. You're just here's the story. It's kind of like what we do here. Yeah. It's like you know, we're I'm so tired of people saying you should do this, do this to lose weight, eat this, go here. Or on on these, it's like on these shows, it's literally like listen to the great storytellers, right. and then you decide what works for you.
1: Yeah. Or, or even when they're reading the news in the morning, there's got to be times that you're like, can you believe this fucking story? Like are you. <laughs>
2: Every commercial break.
1: You guys must be like, "Hey, believe it? Oh yeah, I
2: and wish you people guys could sit hear there with the the a smile. Like,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to like do it. Like, I'd have to do a John Oliver or you know, yeah, you know that kind of style right. show where you can comment on the the nonsense you're, that's put in front of you. I, I just was a guest
2: lecturer at the University of Texas, and every semester I tell the journalism students, I say, "Here's the deal," and I learned this the hard way. No matter what you do, someone's going to be on one side and someone's going to be on the mm-hmm. other. So yeah. make sure when you're writing it, you have something for that one side and something for the other, as long as they're factually true. Because right. no matter how clear black and white you think it is, you'll go on Facebook the next morning and see 30 comments for the other way. Of
0: course. So, oh, yeah. Yes. On oh, Facebook. yeah. that's oh. I know. I mean, that's got to be tough, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't. Re- and the, the, I know you've got a great Twitter following, but even so, you're going to have You can't read all those comments, right? I did this morning.
2: I made the mistake this morning of reading one. I don't know Um, if I told you, Todd. And this woman was mad that I said Mm -hmm. it's Tuesday, which means we're one step closer to the weekend. I mean, she was mad. She wrote multiple comments (laughs) about how mad she was because I should not complain because I have a job and I should be thankful for that. And I'm rubbing it in her face that it. I guess she doesn't have a job. And yeah.
1: She's a shut-in. She's she a, a shut-in. Basically a shut-in. She
2: doesn't have the ability to get, so I should just be thankful, period, and I shouldn't even talk about how I'm looking forward to the weekend. And I apologize because I'm like, You're listen, I'm sorry. I did not want to offend anybody by saying, yay, we're one day closer but, to the weekend. Yeah. I just was, you ex- know. Who would have thought know? that
0: would have triggered someone? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, something but... triggers everybody, I know, right? you know, yeah. and most of the time, you just got to kind of let it roll off your shoulders. Right. You'll go yeah, crazy. Yeah, Todd
0: said we would have made it on this podcast. Podcast, once we get something, once negative, we get a, we... a negative review, yeah. that oh, yeah. means you've made it. Yes. People that are they're it. listening. At least
2: they're paying attention, right. I guess. Yeah. 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 Ugh, I just, wow. I've learned after 10 plus years of this, most of the time it's your appearance, which that's actually easier to be less offended by. I get people meet me all the time and like, oh my God, you're way bigger than I thought you were. <laughs> You're huge in person. Thank you. Wow. You're way <laughs> bigger than oh, I thought God. you were. I'm like, really? Can we pick the word? I know I am tall. Like, I get it. And we all do look the same size on the t- on TV. And I'm a foot taller than my co-ink. A full foot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but that doesn't bother me. It's it's the comments about things you say, especially when you're just trying to be yeah. nonchalant. But, right. But you're
0: all, no matter what profession you're in, we're all human. We all oh, do gosh. things. We say things. We do, th- you know. Yeah you know, we, we eat different foods. I mean, pe- yeah, it, it, but that's it, wrong too. Yeah. That's wrong. too. I'm going to write about it Oh My Facebook. gosh. Yeah. So what do you think? What's, I mean, and, and again, I try not to <laughs> I'm <gonna> future. Blog. <laughs> I'm going to blog later. <laughs> yeah. Blog. I try I, And I try not to future cast anymore because God knows what the future is going to bring. But, yeah. um, have you thought, I mean, do you see like, is it, is it, is it a national news magazine? Is it a 2020 type thing for you? Do you think, is it?
2: You know, it's interesting because when I, before I took this job, I had offers in big markets, Dallas, Sacramento, and Boston was interested. Uh, We were kind of waiting and seeing. It was one of those decisions where I had to make to decide, do I want to pursue a career? And I have close friends who do network and do that life where I'm gone a lot and there's a lot of high stress and you're working late nights and weekends. And I love it. But now with two young kids, it got to the point where I thought, you know, I'm a little tired okay and it's a lot having two young kids and i do want to be around for them as much as i can so i would like to find a job that kind of marries the balance of both and this popped up and then my news director found me on youtube so i had i actually had to google what rochester was i had never heard of it before i'd heard of rit but i had never heard of rochester and when i kind of like started poking around on the internet Especially Reddit, people have some surprisingly very nice things to say. I think you guys can be negative about your own town. Anyone can be when they live somewhere too long. I love
0: Rochester, but I think a lot of
2: people boomerang because they realize, oh wait, it wasn't so bad there after all. Right? It's actually really convenient. It's affordable. There's a lot of stuff to do. It's It's nice. People are great. People
0: here. people are so nice. Absolutely.
2: I thought they were like trying to pull one over on us, like one of the beginnings (laughs) of a horror movie. When my husband and I came to visit, it was Christmas time and we were looking for a house and we went to like a Wendy's and they were so nice Mm -hmm. at the Wendy's. I remember we looked at each other like, like, are they messing yeah. with us? Like, yeah. what is happening here? Why Where's are people Ashton so Kutcher? not? Are we getting punked? <laughs> yeah. Because people are so cranky in Austin now. It's like they're so well, cranky because they're stuck in traffic, and it's too expensive, and it's too there's hot. There's no parking. There's no parking, so they're just like pissed off all the time. Yeah. So people just seem like generally more laid back and happier here, which says a lot. Oh I think, yeah, about for the sure. community.
0: I know for sure. So, it's like it, it, that's why I think I kind of boomeranged back after got almost thirty years. Yeah. Um. And would you, I I would, is it fair to say, because this is something I definitely did, is it fair to say you chose life over lifestyle?
2: Yeah, I had a friend tell me at work, she said, Kristen, (laughs) she put things very straight. She said, this was at my last station when I was trying to decide what to do next. And she said, Kristen, you could die tomorrow and work's going to post your job on Monday. She's oh, like yeah. we'd have a nice little thing for you. We do a little in memoriam, but true. like they're posting your job on yeah. Monday. Yeah. They don't She's care. like your family will still miss you on Monday. <laughs> hopefully. You're not replaceable, hopefully. If you make yourself not replaceable <laughs> yeah. at home, then you're not replaceable. Yeah. Right. And uh that really hit me at the time because I my job always carried me through a lot of personal trauma. I always had work to go to and work gave what I gave it. You know, I got sure. what I gave. So yeah. Uh, You know, the more I put into it, the more reward I got, blah, blah, blah. And I loved that about my job. But at some point, you know, you realize it is a job and it's important, but it's more important, I think, to be present for your family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of in this kind of sweet spot right now where I get to still do what I love and then meet new people, which is awesome. Yeah. Like Mr. Youngman over here. Yeah best part of the job so far that's and <laughs> and um and then still be home you know in the afternoons albeit yeah. a little bit of a zombie to see the family yeah. so Good. that's nice
0: that's great yeah um so i'd love to ask this question of certain guests that have had a uh, had a storied career so if someone was going to write your story up until now yeah. mm-hmm. is there anything you'd you'd rewrite <laughs> one or two things you'd rewrite which can come in the form of advice to the listeners, or just a personal thing where I'd rewrite this, um, or maybe there's nothing, and that's okay. You too. know,
2: I had a a reporter for ESPN who worked in Austin and came back to do other stuff in Austin. He, you know, gone off done the network thing, came back, and he once saw me at City Hall and said, "Hey, Bets, are you divorced yet?" Oh. And I was like, <laughs> "This was after this was in my first marriage," okay. and I was like, uh, "No." That's such a strange question to ask me. And he's like, well, I guess you're not a real journalist yet. And I thought, okay. And I was young. I think I was like 25 when he asked me that. And I got married very young, 21 years old. So there's that. Um, Probably would tell myself, don't do that. But, um, but, you know, that never stopped me from pursuing my dreams. I never let that for one minute. So I can't blame that. But, um, you know, I think I would have liked to have learned the lesson I'm learning now about the balance a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: Because it did eventually, sure enough, I'm a real journalist now, I got my... My first divorce Good under for my you. Belt. You did it. <laughs> I did it. I really made it. Yeah, you did. I don't even need an Emmy. I got divorce papers. Yeah. Um, but it did show me, I mean, that's a tough lifestyle. I dragged him around everywhere. I mean, it was like two years here, a year there, two years there. Hey, I'm gone every night and on weekends. See you later, working every holiday. Like, hope you don't mind mm-hmm. being alone all the time. And that creates a lot of uh, tension and problems. So um I don't regret where I it, for a second cuz it got me where I am now. I just wish I had learned to give a little bit more to my real life and found that balance a little earlier. I think it would have helped me from kind of feeling burned out, you yeah. know, kind of early on. So a lot of people I know are burned out by their jobs now, although I think that's just normal. Well, that, I know, but I, but I think
0: for people to hear this now, it it, it allows yeah. people to reinvent and reframe what they're going to do when things start opening up again, because right. this is all going to pass. Right, it's going to take some time. Yeah, but it's all going to pass. And I think this is a great opportunity. And a lot of a lot of small companies I've been, you know, consulting with and advising, it's all about reframing the employee experience, the customer experience. And you know, I I've realized I think you have too, Todd. It's like, I, you know, I, uh, I don't need an eight-hour day. Right, no, that's the week. big thing. I, I think I people
2: are reframing what work looks like, yeah. what productivity looks like. What a workspace looks like. Yeah. I know, def- definitely. We are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know,
0: everything's remote and yeah. we can do a
2: lot from home. Yeah.
0: And I still like face to face. I think, I, I mean, that's too. why I love that you came in today. Yeah. I mean, I would have been just as happy on, well, I'm happier now, Zoom. but I would have been happy on Zoom. <laughs> I'm but it's great. I hate Zoom. You'll come back again, right?
2: Um, If I'm invited.
0: You will be. are yes. I always say our season two will start in February. And there are certain guests where I think, you know, we take it to a certain point, but there's always a part two. Yeah. So we're gonna have a volume two, and we'd love awesome. to have you back. And I yeah. think in February and March, we're gonna, all going to be in a different place too. And there's probably going to be more things that are newsworthy to talk about. I want to get into more of your fitness routines too. I think a lot the of boxing. people would like. I want to talk about the box. Yeah, yes. I did do it's a that. Nice Maybe
2: I'll have picked up fitness again <laughs> by twenty twenty. Oh come oh, on,
0: shut your.
1: Please. I was
2: a little nervous when I saw gyms were closing again. I was like, come on! I just started. Like I just finally got there's into it. There's a gym it.
1: outside at the. It's world. too cold, Todd. Right. You're
2: crazy. Oh. He runs your around. Runs I think outside. he's crazy. I I you guys are both outside. crazy. <laughs> I am are. a Texan still. I need to <laughs> right. like ease into this temperature. But um yeah, hopefully in 2021 we have some good changes ahead. Maybe I'll get that Emmy under my belt too. Great. Let's no. hope.
0: Probably well, not. fingers crossed. Let's fingers crossed and maybe we'll have even that to talk about yeah. or yeah. this will be closer and there's a way we can promote it. You yeah. never know. Ooh. I'd love that. I love that. you guys. <laughs> um honestly, Chris, thank you so so much for taking time out of your day. I know you've got your children, you've got your career, you got the family. Um. Thanks for coming in, though. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. This has been this has been fantastic. I know. And, I told you. And, uh, right? I, I've I, got some. I picked some good ones. You're yes. Like the
2: fifth person yep. I've met now in, in Rochester this year because well, I've been got locked friend. in a building.
0: <laughs> yep. We will. No. You can we, come to his housewarming party absolutely. when things are good. When things it. are oh, good. Yeah. You're, right. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely a housewarming. I bring type good place. candles for housewarming. Oh, good. You like candles? It's very there important. Love candles. Very important. What gay doesn't? Love it. Yeah. Um this is great. So we yeah we will def <laughs> we will definitely definitely have you back and then um obviously uh when we promote the show everybody'll have the links whatever you want to promote let us know. Yeah, we'll watch 13
2: Wham there. at the butt crack of dawn please. Every morning there we're there just some makeup on and half awake but we're there 5 o'clock in the wham. morning good, good, day, good day Rochester good
0: day Rochester news anchor Kate Betts no Chris, Chris Betts Chris. that's Chris my Betts. sister why did I say Kate, Kate Betts Kate is her sister. That's, that's my why. sister that's why that's what I read
2: She's, yeah that's mm. what it is
0: that's <laughs> what I read and you know there is a Kate Betts that's a famous fashion editor she was a famous oh, fashion I editor I like her already yeah. see yeah. anyway yeah. this is fantastic so thank you so much thanks George appreciate it great I love that. It was good. I, I know. I, I, and I, I told did.
1: you, you know, it was going to be a good interview. You're yeah. doing, not that you were apprehensive. I just said, I wasn't
0: apprehensive oh, at me. all. Did I said, I to like to this broad. You're going <laughs> to like her. I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I did. And right. there were some really, really good, um, some really good points. And there's going to be more to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. I want to talk about I the boxing. About yep. What else do I want to talk about?
1: I want to get more into the, the case of the guy on death row. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, and h- you know what? She's married to a retired cop. There you go. And they
0: live with his partner, canine. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's right, bear. Yeah, right, bear. So bear. I did that. Poor stuff. Bear. So we'll get into that. Though. All right. Yeah. No, but bear is pretty famous in his own right. He yeah. is. Yeah. Well, there's He's more to cuter, get into. So I right. don't like him more. Right. And we'll absolutely do it. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All right, we're going to wrap it up. seeing you, George. Thank you. Right. Say goodbye, you, George. Well, I don't want to say goodbye oh, yet. Okay. Every Thursday. Oh, that's right. New episodes from George and Todd, Curiously George. You can right. go to CuriouslyGeorge.com, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Ask and Jeeves. No, <laughs> that's all not, right. not Ask Jeeves. Okay. And if you have a story you want to tell and be on the show, George at CuriouslyGeorge.com. Todd and I will vet it. and Who knows? Maybe Chris will vet it with us. Yeah. And uh, we will bring you on the show. Thanks, everybody. Say goodbye, George. Goodbye.